Welcome to Summer Bays, the unofficial home and away podcast brought to you by Clara Kavna, where I take a weekly look at the trials and those tribulations of Australia's most beloved surfer town, Summer Bay. Each week I do a deep dive into the week's events and discuss dilemmas our characters find themselves in, like, should Dean and Amber really be together? Or how is Mac going to tell Ari about that pregnancy? Get ready to feel closer each day to home and away. Now, before I get into this, just to caveat, this is a no spoiler podcast. I don't read any spoilers. I don't look at any spoilers. I stop every episode when it ends and I don't look at the preview. It is an incredible trick to enhance your home and away experience. Try it with home and away or any other show you watch. It's a game changer. Oh, and if you're wondering why there was no home and away on Monday... It was because Ortee did some afternoon schedule changes. So Home and Away, the other Australian melodramatic soap opera, who shall not be named, got the bump as well. Well, I suppose we got Home and Away on Easter Monday, so maybe it all bounces out. All right, so I'm going to kick things off with my dearly beloved Susie. <laughs> I love a villain. So after a serious dressing down from Alf, John goes and apologises to Marilyn and I just love the way he did it the way he just like wouldn't leave the diner he was really annoying and he really fought for her until she'd go on that walk with him so I'm glad they got everything sorted out because like look we all make mistakes but it's just you know it's it's about how you recover from those mistakes but with John his reasonings for doing it now I'm sure Susie pushed him to be like, oh, I'll just drop them over. It's no worries. Just manipulating in her usual way. But when he said like, oh, then I'd have to pay someone. It just, that's really terrible. Like, that's a very, very bad thing to do to poor Marilyn. They were married for so long. They adopted and fostered so many children. Just really bad, bad form. And I also love in the Alf dressing down, <laughs> he calls uh, Susie the new floozy. Susie the, <laughs> Susie the floozy. So good. So now Marilyn and Alf really don't like Susie. So that's, you know, that's two red flags there for John. And he doesn't seem to really care. And I know he can't really believe his luck with her. And he is being swept away. But he's not really listening. I think, you know, there are some signs along the way that this woman isn't great. But oblivious John isn't seeing any of them. And it's when Marilyn, so when they go on that apology walk down the beach and they kind of get on the same page and Marilyn's like, I just want you to be happy, but can we talk about Susie? And he shuts her down, shuts it down, doesn't want to talk about it, really quite firm on that and doesn't even entertain it. It's just like, no, not talking to you about it. So, and I just find that was quite... He's quite determined in this love affair with Susie. Uh, and there's basically no talking to him. But where I did admire him and this kind of firmness was when Susie kept trying to come with John to apologise to Marilyn. And he said, let's not turn this into a negotiation. And I loved that phrase because that's all she does is negotiate. And she couldn't handle the fact that he was doing that 
on his own so she couldn't control her puppeteer but my oh my did she get back with him with, with all that crying oh my god and I love how like Willow was randomly involved in it but what a sob fest it, like again masterclass in gaslighting like oh you were just so short with me and I'm sorry I caused so much trouble sniff sniff I'll be okay and then John's second guessing himself it's unbelievable it's she should do a TED talk she should teach that in colleges how to gaslight with Susie the (laughs) with Susie the floozy it's it's actually she almost fooled me at one point I was like maybe John was a bit firm with her I was like no he wasn't he wasn't oh incredible And then over in the Morgan household, poor old Lee and Justin, they're really being put through the ringer. And I really like this storyline because it really reflects like the struggles our society have with trying to get a mortgage, especially in Ireland. And while well, I'm nowhere near buying a house, <laughs> but my friends are going through it. And I just I like the way that they're also going through that kind of a pain, especially being self-employed and small business owners. It just, that struggle is really real for a lot of people. And I'm glad that they're covering it. And just the roller coaster of like, we're in, we're out, we're up, we're down, like clambering to find new money, no luck getting it, and then having to lose the house. Oh, it's just horrible. The, the ups and the downs are really bad. Justin's obsessiveness and his anxiety is kind of driving me nuts. He has such a bee in his bonnet about it. And it's just, I find that kind of energy very exhausting. I don't know how Leah does it. Uh, <laughs> I really don't. But I'm like, he just, they don't even notice when Grace starts walking, which was fabulously acted by that tiny baby, I must say. And that brought up the conversation of the wedding date for Tori and Christian. I kind of forgot that they had to set one or they're not even planning it because I think yield Lewis storyline is clogging up any kind of wedding plans for the two of them poor Christian he's gotten such a knock to the knock to his confidence because himself and Lewis end up going straight back to square one when they have that misconstrued chat on the beach and Christian's like no I'm not actually sorry I'm just sorry I forgot and I'm sorry for your loss which catapults Lewis into even more anger and unrest and he's bubbling with with rage to put it lightly. He's so lucky to be with somebody like Jasmine because she's literally serving the answer to him on a silver platter with all the trimmings and she's saying you need to accept that you're never going to get the response you want. You're only causing yourself more pain. You need to let it go. Everyone wants you to be at peace. So just relax. But no, I do not think Lewis is ready to let that go. I don't know. I kind of get a volcano vibe from from our little Shakespearean Lewis. So what I think is interesting about that kerfuffle on the beach between Christian and Lewis is on that very same day, him and Jasmine, they go out for dinner or something and then he's walking her home and then she invites him in for the ride. Okay, this was on a very big Christian day for Lewis. So that's their first roll around. Sidebar, it was so funny her kicking out Irene and Willow. Anyway, can we rewind? The day that Jasmine and Lewis had their first kiss was on a big Christian day as well when they had a massive falling out. Didn't they like fight in the hospital or something? So it seems like every time the Christian situation gets worse, there's a parallel 
to Jasmine and Lewis getting closer and they're having all these like face chats and you know it was meant to happen now it wasn't meant to happen in college and blah 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 so it's Lewis is just having like he started a new job and then he's getting very serious with Jazz but also very serious with Christian in like the polar opposite way so it's just quite his his story his, him as a character is going in two completely different directions yeah I just want, I just thought that that was interesting so yeah, anyway, poor Christian. What a knock. He's really jumping at shadows. All this doubting isn't great. Poor Marilyn's caught in the crossfire. So yeah, and then his confidence is tested with Ari, but that seems to have gone well. So who knows? I really don't think that this storyline is going anywhere for a while. So I think we're in for a rocky ride. <laughs> Okay, now for Dean and Amber. Uh, where Where is Dean's thought process on all of this? There's no... What I don't like about this being pitched is that Dean hasn't come out and said it to like Willow first or to a friend. You know, he kind of just starts pitching it to Amber because obviously, look, they're living together. They're getting much closer. Amber and Mac are getting on. I, is that the thing that sealed the deal? <laughs> that they're friends now? Like, is it Mac's fault? <laughs> but he starts, when he started kind of poking her, like testing the water, you know, when did you get so great? And I'm seeing the light now. I just, I feel like it's been very thrust upon me. And it just stinks of convenience, this, if he fancies her. So I'm glad... That Amber shot it down because as much as she as much as she does or doesn't want to be with Dean, I think it's important what she said around Jai saying like, it's not just me anymore. You know, I don't want to break his heart. They do have a lot to to lose. So I think like, look, if, if you moved your ex and your child into your apartment, I think it would be natural to have feelings. It's like in the Big Brother house or or in Love Island or like when you're stuck living with someone, you start to fancy them because they're right there and it's convenient. And I'm hoping because Dean hasn't said it to anyone that his feelings are just those of convenience. And it's like, oh, it'd be great to be with Amber because everything ties up in a little bow. I was kind of half thinking him and Willow might get together, but... I think I have to let that go, unfortunately. I don't know. I just kind of thought when she came back in and he was so like, oh, Willow, you've given me everything. You give my son back and reason to live again or whatever. I just kind of thought that there was like a little spark. Yeah, so clearly not if he's, if he's fancying Amber. So, but anyway, I do think that that's the right call. I think it's a natural question for everyone to ask, including all the <laughs> guff they're getting from Joy, which is so cute. So, and, and hopefully that's it, like kind of knocked on the head because they got too much to lose. And just kind of on that, his weird kind of friendly chats with Ziggy are a bit strange, aren't they? Like when they kind of meet each other and it's like turning into like, oh, we're like friends now. And they just ask about each other's partners. And I just kind of feel like Ziggy's kind of making it known that she knows about the Amber stuff. And I just feel like it's a bit of a passive aggressive twist the knife. But maybe they're giving them extra scenes together because Ziggy and Dean are a couple in real life. Paddy and Rachel. And I don't really like thinking about the home and way people <laughs> as real, real humans with other lives. And so, yeah, they so maybe they're trying to give them more scenes together. I don't know. Another couple who are together in real life is Willow and Justin. And they used to go out in the show. So maybe the writers are like, oh, 
We'll give you some scenes together. But it must be so weird acting as exes. So for so for Dean and Ziggy, it must be so weird acting like you've broken up or going through a breakup when you're still with the person. Or like, do they? What do they do in their spare time? Do they just like pretend? Do they do they rehearse in their spare time? <laughs> very funny. I'm very intrigued. And oh wow, Aria has had a big week. Oh my god, hit by a car. I really, it, it's very touch and go. I wonder what's going to happen. He seemed, he was hit pretty hard by that car, by Paul. So I, I feel like the, the hype around this is very much justified. It seems really serious. And what was so sad was poor Mac finally has her light bulb moment, despite all of Dean's best efforts. And I understand Dean pushing her to tell Ari because, look, the same thing happened to him. He didn't know. And then he lost five years of Jai's life. So you can understand why he is pushing that. And I really do see his point. Anyway, after talking to Ari and kind of saying sorry about Mia, which was quite strange, Mac finally gets her life, light bulb moment. And, and she kind of says a point that I didn't really notice. And she says, well, he's being honest with me and I'm not being honest with him. And that is very, very true. She's not doing that. So... I just feel so sorry for her when she's like on the way to go tell him and boom, he's hit by a car. That's just typical, isn't it? And I've again felt even more sorry for her and she goes, she finally plucks up the courage to go in and see Ari. Mia's draped all over him. So that's, that's very hard. Um, so I really wonder what Mac is going to do. So she, she cancelled the appointment with the clinic. She bonds with Amber like how lol these two girls were in like many a punch up a punch up the princess and amber oh fighting in nightclubs like iconic i never thought that they get on so nothing like a you're up the duff aren't you comment to really bond them together and like look they have a lot to relate to because because amber did it on her own and the situation with dean was kind of similar apart from the fact that they weren't in a relationship so mackenzie's gotten a lot more food for thought i think by chatting to amber who yeah, he did quite well in that whole situation, which is strange. And and just before, and just a quick one. I find it so random that Mac surfs. <laughs> like, I know her brother owns a surf school, but she's just not the surfing type. Like, Ziggy is the surfing type. Like, even Bella, I think, would be more of a surfer. And I just find it so funny that she's like hitting the waves i i find it really off brand for her or something i don't know i just it's weird hobby for her to have i just don't think it fits with her persona but anyway from mac to mia so i just can't get on board with this woman look anytime a new girlfriend or new boyfriend who has this massive history with a big character and then we're supposed to just like absorb it and accept it and everything's supposed to be fine when it's knocking like a main character like Mac off out of kilter and I just feel like not to sound too like Tony Soprano and the whole thing but when new people come in like they really have to earn your respect (laughs) do you know what I mean like who are you what are you here for you know, my back goes up when somebody new comes in because you watch these people like every day, you know, you want to get to know them. You want to make sure that you like them and that they're nice. And with Mia and Chloe, I just can't get there because the Pradas themselves are quite new characters. And then they've just very much gotten established 
And now these two new ones are kind of sweeping up, but with this massive history. Yeah, I really don't like when they do that. And I'll get to Chloe in a minute, but like Mia, it's just, I find her acting quite like, I've said before, like she's jutty and strutty and her face is like she's just squeezed on a lemon. But what I really hate is when how she delivers her, how she delivers her dramatic lines because she kind of sucks in the last word. So she's like, oh, are you trying to make peace? It's like, it's just to make her sound emotional and I'm just oh really I'm not I'm not into this and when she's angry and she's sad it's just all very one note and like either she's really happy and chill or else she's furious and like stomping around collecting Chloe's things like moving them out and you know spitting words at him and you know it's, you destroy everything you touch blah blah, blah. and then she goes complete cold to hot when he and when Ari ends up in hospital and it's like not leaving his side and she obviously feels bad for all the bad mean stuff she had said to him and I can kind of understand why Chloe would be annoyed at that being like you're flip-flopping like one minute you're moving aside of Summer Bay and then the next minute you're poured all over him in the hospital but I yeah just let it go Chloe like you're arguing over a ma- an unconscious man like come on and like she's constantly having goes at her mum I just think it's this is a stressful time where you just calm down and then then Chloe's doing stuff like oh I'm moving out and I'm not telling my mum this is payback and then still bickering with Ryder in front of Nick and then Nick has to like shout at her to stop it's like you're the one who's like so crazy obsessed with Ari, Chloe. You you fought so hard to find him, to stay with him, blah, blah. And then now he's like literally on his deathbed. And all you care about is bickering with, with Ryder. Oh, I'm so on team Nick. And then she kisses Ryder. So finally a bit of movement there. And I <laughs> love how much Ryder is, doesn't want to go there. He's like, what the hell? You hate me. Yeah, and he really doesn't seem that into it. Giving clear signs that it was like, that was a crazy thing to do. It meant nothing kind of things. And he's in such it is that he doesn't notice that poor Alf is really missing Martha that he just rants and rants and rants until Alf goes out to him. And with Alf, where the hell did Martha go? Not again. Do you think she's gone missing like she did the last time? Oh, that would not be good. I couldn't take an even sadder elf. But anyway, let's just not go there. Hopefully that doesn't happen. Just back to the Paradas and hospital. (laughs) So Tane meets Paul and then beats him up loads and just like dumps him in the hospital. Where are the police in this? Are they just drop? Are they just trying to slowly fade that storyline into the background? Did the police not want to know? I know now that Colby and Angelo are gone out of the police station. But did the police not want to prosecute any of the lads there's no one sniffing about being like okay this guy hit somebody with a car and now he's been beaten up I wonder who could have done it maybe the guy who brought him to the hospital (laughs) I don't know like or is does Tana get this like finder's fee reward oh I found the drug dealer you're looking for who's also now tried to murder someone with a car and what I also don't get was did Ziggy and Tana break up like, I thought that they just had a fight. So when they're having all those, like, emotional chats on the beach where Tane's, like, really licking his wounds, I just didn't really notice that. I was like, whoa, they really, uh, actually, I think they broke up. I just thought they had, they just weren't speaking or having, a, like, a cooling off period or, yeah, I just think they, they made quite the effort to, like, get back together. 
And then when Ziggy's kind of like comforting him and saying like, looking after him for the day and like, look, you don't need to put on a brave face around me. Uh, uh, so that's kind of putting their relationship is now taking another step forward. They've had their first big fight. They're now kind of emotional supports for one another. And I think Ziggy had every right to be like, you lied straight to my face. Yes, okay, of course, it's a past insecurity of 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 Ziggy's. But she's certainly like, I think everyone, no matter your relationship history or not, you deserve to not be lied to straight to your face. And I'm getting a bit sick of these Parada boys going, that'll never happen again. It'll never happen again. It keeps, seems to keep happening again. And every time they say it'll never happen again, it seems to happen again. So they just love their secrets and they will never not stop keeping secrets. <laughs> this is my final note of the day. But when Tana goes... You don't need to worry, like, I'm not a liar. I'm not Dean. Sorry, what? You're not Dean? Okay. Dean has never dealt drugs. Dean has never transported a van lined with drugs. I know he was a bad boy, but he isn't that anymore. And Dean only lied to Ziggy about the murder. Whereas Tana's like straight up lying to her all the time. So I just, I call BS on you, Tane, And go get a job because... This is ridiculous. You literally don't work. (laughs) Anyway. Alrighty, well that about wraps it up for me this week. If you want to get in touch, you can get me on Instagram at Summer Bay's Podcast. G'day and I'll talk to you next week. Bye.